Hello, my friends. Welcome. My name is Joe. This is The Joe Martino Show. And today we're going to talk about The Hunger Games, the ballad of songbirds and snakes. If you haven't seen the movie, there are a few spoilers. But let's be honest, if you haven't seen the movie, why not? It's been out for almost two months by the time this drops. Let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right. Hello, my friends. Welcome. I hope that your day is going well, wherever your day is. I hope that as we are leaning into the new year that you are enjoying whatever's going on, wherever you're at. I know here in Michigan, a lot of my friends are sad that we have not had a lot of snow. And there are other people that are loving that fact. So I don't know. Wherever you're at, I hope that it's going well for you. I do want to let you know that my website is up and going and that I do have blog posts going up every Monday. There will be a new blog post that will drop. If you're interested in signing up for that directly to your email, that is coming but is not currently live. So unfortunately right now you would either need to check my Facebook, which you can follow me on Facebook. We don't have to be friends. If you, if you don't want me to see your life, that's totally fine. And all my public posts you'll see, which all of my blog posts, of course, are public. And you can also uh, just go back to joemartino.com every Monday and uh, see what's up. Eventually, in the very short future, very near future, we will have an RSS feed where you can put in your email and uh, we will give you a small gift for that. And you will get directly to your email our blog post, which or my blog post, which hopefully you'll find value in. We are continuing to work on the audiobook and hope that that will be out soon. All right, enough for the advertisements. Let's talk about the Hunger Games. Over Christmas break, I went to see the Ballad of Snakes and Birds, or Birds and Snakes. I'm not sure what it's called, to be honest with you. Uh, with my daughters, two of my daughters, and we had a fun time going to the movies. We do this. I don't know that I'd say it's a Christmas break tradition, but we have gone to a lot of Christmas breaks. We have gone to movies. And as we were watching this movie, the realization hit me uh, that we are not as far from that world as I think a lot of us would like to think. And I don't know that I come at this the same way maybe that other people do. I've done some kind of, you know, just plodding around the internet trying to see what other people are saying and how other people are connecting it. And if you don't know what the Hunger Games are, they are a trilogy of books that came out. I don't remember when the original Hunger Game books came out. I want to say in the early 2000s. I don't know if you can hear my key strokes. I'm actually looking that up right now while we talk, even though we're not actually talking. So the books were released. It looks like the films were released in 2012, and I remember going to them. The books were released before that. And, you know, essentially what it is is this world where it's a dystopian young youth adventure and in this world where there was a civil war and the capital one and and they're the bad guys and every year two people from each district so the world got broken the country got broken up into two 13 districts which is the capital plus 12 and then there's a mysterious 13th district out there that ends up playing a role and in the end, uh, every year there's this thing called the Hunger Games where two people are randomly chosen, two children are randomly chosen, uh, 
from each district and they're sent and they're put inside an arena and they fight to the death and whoever wins wins the Hunger Games and they're made into a celebrity and it is a somewhat of a controversial book series. I remember people were like, well, I can't believe you let your kids read that because they're reading about other kids, you know, kids killing other kids and those types of criticisms. And certainly there's some violence there. And then there are people like, see, this proves the Republicans. Uh, this what this proves what happens if you give in to the conservative Republican mindset. And then, well, this proves what happens if you give in to the liberal Democrat mindset. And w- one of the things that happens in the book is at the end of the book trilogy, the original trilogy, there's a twist that probably I would say quite a few people see coming. Some people don't. And this this movie or, or book first, The Ballad of Songs and or Ballad of Songs, The Ballad of Snakes and Birds or Songbirds and Snakes is a prequel. It shows you the origin story of the guy who is the bad guy in the original trilogy. And so I kind of like that. I feel a little too much. We get a little too much into making bad guys all bad and good guys all good. And then we have, I think we're a little too in love with the idea of the anti-hero um, when we don't really believe in pushing back against anything anymore. Now, with this movie, it starts out with an opening scene of the, you know, uh, young snow, Coriolanus snow, and he is, he's hungry and he's in the middle of the civil war and he and his best friend or his family's friend are, are running and hiding and, and the bad things are happening and it's designed to create empathy. And, and with the first three movies, I read the books first and then watched the movies. I have not read the book for this one yet. I've been reading other stuff. And then, you know, we fast forward to him and he's in college or high school and he's trying to win an award and he's from the capital. He's from the smart, progressive city. And throughout the movie, there is this question and he he makes choices and, you know, he is appalled by parts of the games and or maybe not appalled, but certainly he seems to communicate that. And as as the movie progresses, there's this one scene where he and his friend are arguing over something his friend's going to do. His friend's about to help rebels do something. And they're arguing, and it hit me, they're not arguing about right or wrong. Well, the friend is. The friend is whose, whose dad was actually, uh, who, whose family made a lot of money selling weapons for the war. You know, all, all the tropes. Uh, but but he, he and his friend are arguing over something, and... Snow looks at his friend and he says something to the effect of whatever consequences they're suffering, it's their own fault. They deserve it because of a war that they started and they lost. And there is this overwhelming sense of the capital is right because they're the ones that believe in science. Remember those signs? In this house, we believe in science. In this house, we believe blah, 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 blah. And what it is, is it's really what the movie does very, very well is it shows us what we can do when we look at people over there as they, as the people who disagree with us. They're less than us. They are just things that we need to be able to move around to get to what we want. And this is what Snow does really well in the movie, right? He portrays this really well. He tries he tries for love. He falls in love. But in the end, he ends up choosing what is best for him first and always. And isn't that a theme that we see everywhere in our society? You got to do what's best for yourself. Literally just this morning, I'm scrolling Snapchat 
and there's a person on my story, you got to fall in love with yourself first. Do what's best for you first. And and yeah, you do need to have an accurate view of yourself, but I want to push on that for a minute and ask you serious questions here. At what point does that make us the capital, right? We don't have to go too far back to see the Hunger Games mindset, the, wor- the Hunger Games world mindset in our own society. Go back to 2020. I don't care where you were on the mask mandate. Were you on the mask are wonderful and great, mask are terrible and awful? I don't care which side. How did you view the people that disagreed with you? That's what I want to know. Because what makes the Hunger Games world so disturbing to me is they can look at other humans and devalue them because they disagree with them. They're not as smart as them. And I do, I'll be honest with you, I see this a lot in our society. We are losing a connection between rural society and urban society. Right. Like I have a lot of friends that live in cities and I'm not a city guy. I, I When I was a kid, I thought I would be. I thought I'd move to the city. I often joke that my poor wife, I kind of lied to her. I didn't really. Right. But because I believed it at the time, I told her, I said, all I want to do is move to a city. We got married. We moved to a city. I was there eight minutes and I knew Ooh, this isn't for me because I had these visions of what it would be like to, you know, walk to coffee shops and, and walk in cities. And, and, and it wasn't that for me. And I know that there are people who are like, no, actually it is that. Yeah, but it wasn't for me. And it's fine if you love the city. Like, I'm not here to argue cities are worse or better. And that's actually my point. I have to say that in this episode somewhere because I'm afraid that if I don't, people are going to take this and say that I'm saying cities are bad. But we do seem to have this, oh, well, I'm educated. And that poor guy over there, he's just a farmer. So his opinion doesn't matter as much as mine. And we've weaponized research, right? Well, I read a lot. Yeah, do you? Because here's what's interesting. Almost all the research that, we, that I read says, if you read something that you disagree with, you tend to find fault with the research rather than just looking at it. And if you read something that you agree with, you rarely even look at the research methodology. Hey, friends, this is Joe cutting in on myself. In the middle of the podcast, I warned you this was coming. Listen, if you're finding value in my podcast, if you're finding value in these episodes, would you do me a huge favor? Would you be willing to share it with your friends on your social media? One of the things that is the best way for me to help people, help as many people as I can, is for the people that are finding value in my things to share it with other people. And the truth is you get a cognitive benefit from that. And so it's a win-win-win. Your friend wins because you give them information that maybe will be helpful to them. You win because your brain gives you some happy drugs. And I win because you help me help other people. Thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. Right. I know a guy who always tells me, well, I, I don't have a amen corner. If you don't know what an amen corner is, it's where you put people, preachers used to put people in the amen corner so that they would say amen during the sermon. Right. And that way it sounded like there was a lot of people hyping them up. Uh, I, I did a lot of theater as a younger person and I knew of places that would place people in the theater who had very uh, boisterous laughs because that would drum up other people laughing. And so I said to this guy, when I said, for a guy who doesn't have an amen corner, it's really weird how all your friends agree with you. He hasn't talked to me since because our world isn't that different from the Hunger Games world. Yes, we're not sending kids to fight yet, but we are so divided and I'm good with division on opinion. I'm good with division on belief. I am. You you and I don't have to agree on everything and there's going to be stuff that you say that will frustrate me. And I'll be like, and there will be things that I will say that will frustrate you. And you'll be like, but what 
are we going to do with those disagreements? Are we really trying to divide ourselves up to the reason that you support Trump is because you're an idiot? And like when I say that to people, they're like, well, I don't understand why anybody could support Trump if they weren't an idiot. Right. And then there are people who are like, well, the reason you support Biden is because you're an idiot. And when I say that to him, like that probably isn't a reflection of good values. Well, I don't know how anybody could support Biden who is an idiot. And look, I've got problems with all politicians. This isn't about one side or the other. And to my Christian friends, your like attacks on the politicians that you disagree with are one thing. I think they're stupid and silly. You can attack their policies, but but attacking them, the, the, the bumper stickers. But your attacks on people that disagree with you politically are pathetic. I want to be clear. I'm not saying you're pathetic, but those attacks are pathetic. Because your mission in life, if you are a Christian, right, your mission in life is not to convert people to your political party. And now my pagan friends who are, who haven't turned me off because I brought up faith yet and are still with me are like, oh, here we go. Now we're going to talk about converting. I mean, let's be honest. That is part of the uh, of every faith. So my liberal friends are like, oh, I can't believe Christians try to convert. Yeah, you tell me what faith doesn't, including yours. Even if you're an agnostic or an atheist, you have a faith. It's just called humanism, and you try to recruit people to that. Oh, no, I don't care. People can do whatever they want. I just don't want them to tell me what to do. Hogwash. If you're attacking them. And I get it. Most people are not physically attacking people. But I have a friend. Oh, we can't eat at that restaurant. Why not? Well, because they gave money to fill in the political candidate that I don't think they should have gave money to. So to be clear, they gave their own money to someone that you don't think they should give to. Well, Joe, doesn't he have the right to not give them his money so that they can turn around and give it to them, that politician? Yes, he does. But my question is, how far away is that from a Hunger Games world mindset where we look at other people as less than? Because we disagree with them. Because they disagree with us, clearly they're not as worthy of love and belonging as we are. Clearly they're not as worthy of relationship as we are. Because the jump from they're not as worthy of love and belonging, they're not as worthy of relationship, to they're not worthy to live can't be that far away. And I don't know who Suzanne Collins is. She's the author of the books. I've not done much research on her. I know she was a screenwriter before she wrote books. I don't know what else she did. But the woman understands human nature. I mean, when you look at the the books and the parallels from there, from that, that fictitious world to our society, there's a lot there, right? The media controlling what people see in order to get government propaganda out. The or, or you know they they control how people are consumed. Looking down on workers who work in certain fields. Looking down on politicians, no trust in the government, not a lot of trust in each other. Freedom that is that can be taken away if you're offensive, if you don't toe the line. All of those things. I'm not here to talk about those per se, but I, I do want to know how far is the line from that person there? Like that person there isn't as worthy of everything because I disagree with them because they won't bake cakes for a certain people group or they voted for a certain orange man, or they voted for Joe Biden, or they don't believe what I believe about Joe Biden's election, or they don't believe what I believe about President Obama's birth certificate. I'm trying to pick things that that I hear all the time. How far is it from there to let's just split the country up into sections and you live over there and don't come over here and we'll give you freedom as long as you tow the party line? How far away are we from that? But we can't really control that 
in this episode. But what we can control is how far away are you and I from treating people as less than? Because that's where all those parallels that if you go, like if you were to Google, hey, Siri, uh, look up the parallels between the Hunger Games world and today's world, you're going to get a lot of stuff about climate change. You're going to, oh, my phone is actually kicking into high, hey Siri. You're going to get a lot of things about climate change. You're going to get a lot of things about the world. Uh, You're going to get a lot of things about uh, politicians and the media. And some of it I think is spot on. Some of it I think they probably have to stretch a little bit. That all starts with a belief that people that don't agree with me are less than. I don't care which side of the Israel-Hamas thing you're on, the Israel-Palestinian conflict you're on. How do you treat the people that you disagree with? I don't watch the NBA anymore because I'm tired of players being able to just say, oh, that sign there offends me, take it down. The other night at one of the games, there was three Jewish rabbis who showed up and they had signs that said, I'm Jew and I'm proud. And Kyrie Irving was offended. I'm not sure why. I guess he made some controversial statements. And so they made the team that he plays for made those rabbis take their signs down. Now, I'm going to ask a question. That I'm going to run the risk of getting canceled. If their sign said, I'm gay and I'm proud, would the Utah Jazz have made them take them down? It was the Utah Jazz, the team that Kyrie Irving plays for. Would they have made him take him down? And and if not, how far away from the Hunger Games world is this world that we live in where it's okay to put certain signs up but not others? And if you do, we get to look at you just with, with just a little bit of disdain. We get to look at you with just a little bit of contempt. Because that was the thing that the actor who played Snow in, in the Songbirds and Snakes episode did so well. He showed clearly the disdain that the people in the capital had for the people in the other districts, for the peasants, for the country people, for the rural people, for the people who didn't have the flamboyant clothes, for the people who didn't have all the pomp and circumstance. He just did such an amazing job of showing the contempt on his face. Now, the actor is portraying a character, so I'm not saying he had the contempt, but the character's contempt for those rural workers that deserved this. They deserved this injustice. They deserved being treated as less than the capital people. Sure, they're still people, so they're a little bit better than the horses, but they're less than the capital people because the capital people are right. They're smart. They believe in science. They have technology. That isn't all that far from where we live today. How often do you hear, I don't know about you, I hear a lot of arguments. Well, I read a lot. I research a lot. Okay, cool. Can we talk about it though? Do you hang out with people that disagree with you? Do you treat people that you disagree with kindly? Do you give them the same amount of kindness that you give people that you agree with? By the way, Tom Blythe, Blythe, Blythe is the actor. Uh, He has a birthday coming up. By the time this episode drops, he'll almost be 29. Good for him. Young dude. And just kills it in this role. Just absolutely kills it. I'd love for you to watch the movie. I'd love to hear your thoughts. What do you think? I was just struck with this overwhelming sense of sadness about how similar our world is. How many people stopped talking to other people because they disagreed with how we were supposed to respond to the lockdowns or the January 6th thing? Or here's one. I just literally had two friends write write to me via email. Uh, they're both mad at the other person because uh, one believes that Trump being taken off of the ballots is okay because he's guilty of insurrection. And the other one said, well, he hasn't actually even been charged with insurrection. And so they stopped talking. Like they had this giant fight. I've known them both a long time. And they were like, will you intervene? 
holy crap, are we really to the spot where we're going to stop talking to people because we don't agree on what our government is doing? That's insanity to me. And it's not that far from the Hunger Games world. So here's the thing. If we want to change this, we have to foster true kindness. We have to foster empathy, but we're going to have to talk about that. I'm going to put a blog post up about this because empathy of just whatever you feel, you feel. And oh man, I feel that too. That's not empathy. That's insanity. Empathy is trying to help yourself understand where the person's coming from. And yeah, sometimes it's like, yeah, man, I know you feel that. And I can sit here with it. I can sit here with you in it. And sometimes empathy is, man, I know you feel that. But let me tell you that I just don't think it's right. I I have a friend who sent me a text over New Year's. I said, hey, man, happy New Year's. I know 2023 was a hard year for you. And he said, yeah, I know it's not right, but I just feel like God hates me. Like, yeah, man, I get that. It was a rough year. His dad passed away. Some hard things happened at work. But empathy that doesn't point him to truth isn't empathy. And can I sit in the tension with him? Can you sit in the tension of being kind to other people, of hearing them say things that you disagree with, and still recognizing their innate value as a human? That's my question. Because I think that's where it all went rogue in the Hunger Games world. They stopped viewing other people as humans with innate value because they disagreed with them, because they did things that they disagreed with. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend and Hey, give us that rating in your podcast store until next time change possible.